This episode is exclusively sponsored by Manifest Commerce, empowering merchants with earth-friendly omnichannel fulfillment. Now, through March 31st, Manifest is offering no-cost onboarding, which is a $1,000 value for modern startup marketing listeners. Simply email nocarbon at manifestcommerce.io and mention the Modern Startup Marketing Podcast. In-person events are super important to us. There's still a hesitancy in some regard for people getting together at these in-person events. And so we've been testing over the last year, just a small handful of virtual events. So we've done like a mixology of a virtual mixology event, creating craft cocktails. We've done a virtual wine and cheese event and things like that. So we're kind of testing what the market receptivity is to those kinds of events. And so far it's been good. And I think we'll be talking to our sales team next week at our sales kickoff, you know, about what kind of things we can partner with them to do to engage their client base and their prospects. If you're looking to up your startup marketing game, you're in the right place. This podcast will help you simplify, prioritize, and see big wins from your marketing efforts. Every week, you'll hear from some of the world's best venture-backed startup founders, marketing leaders, and startup experts about marketing, brand, growth, what's working well, challenges, and how crazy and fun marketing can be when you're at a high-growth startup. See ya inside. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, I have one of those special episodes where I bring back a company that I've already had on the show, IMO. And so today, I have with me Christy Anz. She is the VP of Marketing Strategy at IMO. Christy, you're also an independent consultant for Scout and Seller, which has to do with wine. And I like that part. (laughs) That's pretty cool. And then prior, you were marketing leader at IBM Watson, which I imagine that's how you know Michael Klozatsky, who was on the show in the past. He's episode four. You can check out that episode when you get the chance. So Christy, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So I spoke with Michael episode four. That was back in November, 2020. We talked about IMO's marketing plan. Super interesting because this was like the shift that happened after the pandemic hit, what they did instead of scrambling, what your team did instead of scrambling to get your in-person events over to the virtual realm. Instead, IMO ran a really creative marketing campaign around how it's so great that we don't have to travel and calling it no travel required. And I love that conversation. So again, folks that want to listen to like the full story of IMO and what happened after the pandemic in terms of marketing efforts, listen to episode four. All right. So a quick reminder about IMO. They've developed the most widely accepted medical terminology solution for the management of medical vocabulary and software applications at healthcare organizations worldwide, which is kind of a mouthful to say but really doing some really cool things in healthcare. And so it makes sense that you're coming from IBM Watson to continue at this company, like growing the company in this realm. So let's talk about IMO, shall we? Let's just jump in. Let's talk about IMO's 2022 marketing plan. I like to get folks back on the show and really talk about like, what's the plan for 2022? How are you thinking about the budget? Let's start there. How are you splitting the budget? organic, things like email, social content, or maybe other things that I haven't mentioned 
versus paid, things like ads, right? Google ads, social ads. How are you thinking about that split? Yeah. So overall, I kind of organized my program budget. So any everything besides like, you know, headcount and overhead and that sort of things into four major buckets. So the first is advertising, marketing, and selling. It's kind of my most broad bucket of budgetary items. The second is events, because we do spend quite a lot of money on events, MarTech, and then consultants. So all of our agency partners and things like that. Overall, events and advertising each take about a third of my budget, followed closely by our consultant and agency partners. We spend the smallest portion of our budget, you know, looking at those four buckets in the marketing technology tools. The majority of my budget, probably around 70%, and maybe even a little more this year, is spent on ways to generate leads. So looking at things like content creation and content syndication. 15% or so, it gets allocated towards thought leadership. So positioning IMO's thought leaders and our subject matter experts in speaking opportunities, on podcasts, on videos, webinars, panel discussions, speaking events, things like that. And then the remaining budget gets leveraged to support visibility and just general market awareness of the IMO brand and the value that we bring to the market. So we talk about like things like paid search or paid social, probably 25% of my ad spend goes there. It's not our highest source of lead conversions. So we get better lead conversions through other sources. So that's where we tend to spend more of our budget is in higher converting places. That's not atypical in B2B spaces, right? Like paid social on Facebook does absolutely nothing for us. Arguably being on Facebook at all does nothing for us in the way of creating our advancing pipeline. So we tend not to spend money where we're not seeing the engagement or reducing spend intentionally where we're just not getting the kind of return that we expect. Got it. You've talked a little bit about your four buckets, right? Your ads, your events, the MarTech, the consultants or agency partners. Let's talk about the channels and what you're leaning into. And it sounds like events you're leaning pretty heavily into continued into 2022. Like what are the marketing channels that you're planning to lean into more heavily? And why is that the case? Yeah. A lot of companies are leaning out of third-party events historically and continues to be a, a very decent chunk of our marketing budget. In our industry and with our clients, The in-person events provide an opportunity for us to engage with our contacts. Oftentimes, like the only time of year that the only show that they're going to is this one show, right? And so it gives us that face-to-face interaction for them to ask questions, meet with their, you know, account teams, provide us feedback, right, about what's working and what's not working, see what's new that we have. So they continue to be really good lead gen opportunities for us. And again, on the side of the house that's expanding into new market areas for growth opportunities in healthcare, so outside of the traditional hospitals and health system space, they're extremely valuable, right? Because they bring a lot of times the vendors are what's most important to those sellers that we have. And so they can have multiple vendors in one place, be able to walk to those other exhibitors, have conversations with them, schedule meetings with them in advance, demo the product. The face-to-face interaction is so invaluable on the B2B side. So we're going to keep doing that at least for now. So our biggest show is Hims. 
This year it's in Orlando in March. So it feels a little bit like 2020 all over again, where we're like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? But it hymns did just happen in 2021 in August. So we were just all together at hymns in Vegas. And now we're going to be together again in March. It seems like so close together, but we're anticipating a lot of people who didn't go last year, maybe going in March, depending, you know, what kind of plays out with this whole COVID situation. So yeah, it's still a big question mark, but it makes sense that you're really heavily focused on these in-person, right? Like face-to-face interactions is really important to what you found to be part of like the sales funnel. So it makes sense that you'd be going to that. So besides events, what other channels? So webinars are really great lead gen source for us. So we we break our webinars into kind of three categories. Are they standards-based? So those are like healthcare standards, global coding sets, updates. Um, our customers look to us for what changes are we making to our products that reflect the regulatory changes in the market. So we have those type of webinars. We have thought leadership webinars and then product-focused webinars. So if we have a big new product launch or product enhancement that warrants webinars. We lean a little bit more out of doing that because demos are, you know, more one-to-one, more intimate kind of conversations. So we try to leave that to the salespeople to do um, and lean more into thought leadership with external speakers, panels. Um, We actually just hosted one today about women in STEM careers with four lovely ladies. So we're leaning into webinars is definitely going to be something we continue to do in 2022, as well as more video content production um, and podcasts like this one. Awesome. Okay. So how are you thinking about, because when I spoke to Michael very briefly, he had mentioned content all day long. And I quote, he said content all day long because he, <laughs> he yeah. that those were like, that was part of the list of like, what are you spending your time on? What are your days being spent on? What's your team spending time on? Right. Content all day long. So how do you think about content in terms of like across the teams integrating? Do you start from a pillar? Do you have a really long webinar? Then you chop up the pieces. Like how does the team think about content creation? We kind of look at it as what's like the masterpiece of content that we're creating? And then what are all the derivatives that we can get out of it? So if we have a webinar and that's the thing that we're kind of rallying around, can we create a white paper out of it? What kind of slides can we create from a sales enablement standpoint? What are the social callouts that we want to use to promote the recording of the webinar? Can we break this down into animated GIFs that can be used in email, right? Like all of these different ways to slice and dice the masterpiece of content that produce it gets produced. There's a myriad ways that we can leverage it and turn it into something else that's smaller, more digestible, kind of bite-sized pieces of content for people who don't want to come in an hour, right? Totally. And why podcast? Why'd you guys decide? Is that part of your experimentation budget or is that part of like, we're going to go into podcasting? Is that sponsorships? Is it starting your own podcast? Like, what are you guys thinking of doing? Yeah, more so partnering with other people to, you know, get visibility on their podcasts who have um, the kind of audiences that we want to get in front of. We're certainly not going to be launching our own podcast at this time, but we think that they're increasingly valuable and have kind of skyrocketed in engagement over the course of the last couple of years. Thank you, COVID. And so we're liking what we're seeing so far and the engagement that we're getting from them and from putting our thought leaders on them. So we're going to kind of 
keep that going and see what the return is and just kind of look at it, you know, from a testing standpoint, it may work and be great, or we might find "Mm, this really isn't driving for us. Awesome. Okay. It's always good to be testing, especially since world has changed since two years ago. More people are definitely looking at like videos and audio and all of that as part of their content consumption. So makes sense. Cool. And let's also talk about events. And I'm curious if you, when I had my brief conversation with Michael, he did mention things that are a little bit outside of the norm, like bringing a community together. Are you guys also exploring some of that and how it's not just like, well, we're going to go to a third party event or third party conference we're going to create this web is maybe it's the webinars that are more about like having fun, creating a community. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So we're doing a bit more around focusing on kind of diversity in the workplace, women in STEM, right? Like the webinar I mentioned earlier, that kind of content and bringing folks together outside of IMO, but from other organizations that serve the healthcare space to get different voices at the table and have tough conversations about what's going on and how we each can individually make an impact. So our CEO is very big on doing that kind of work and having those kinds of tough conversations for the benefit of the greater good, right? And our evolution just personally as a business, but also, you know, as an industry. So that's one way. And then we're engaging our clients more virtually as well. So right where I said in-person events are super important to us, there's still a hesitancy in some regard for people getting together at these in-person events. And so we've been testing over the last year, just a small handful of virtual events. So we've done like a mixology of a virtual mixology event, creating craft cocktails. We've done a virtual wine and cheese event and things like that. So we're kind of testing what the market receptivity is to those kinds of events. And so far it's been good. And I think we'll be talking to our sales team next week at our sales kickoff, you know, about what kind of things we can partner with them to do to engage their client base and their prospects. Yeah. Cause we don't have to be all serious in 2022, right? I mean, some of it, like it's already kind of pushed on us that we have to be so serious. So in some ways, how can we create like engaging content and engaging themes and not be so serious, even if we're a healthcare company, right? Absolutely. I find that to be kind of intriguing. And also you're an independent consultant for Scout and Seller. So the wine piece of it, you got covered. I mean, right? we're covered. Yes. Because who doesn't need wine to get them through some of these crazy times? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you talked about, I'm curious in terms of content that you're leaning into, you have talked about like thought leadership around like women in STEM, diversity in the workplace, getting different voices at the table. Sounds like some very important stuff. What other content are you going to be leaning more into? And you talked about like more product focus, regulation focus, anything else that you want to talk through? Yeah, it is imperative, you know, that we stay on top of the changing regulatory landscape and what's going on there so that our customers can be confident that we're supporting them in the best ways possible. So we'll continue to do that kind of content. We find that, you know, month over month, some of our highest performing blog content and highest trafficked pages on the website are related to those regulatory requirement updates. And so more blog content will be created supporting that to make sure we're giving our customers and potential customers the info that they need and the confidence that we're the right partner for them. 
So we'll be doing a lot, a lot more. And then we'll be leaning more into creating content that demonstrates our expertise and kind of innovation plans so that, right, like we've been in the industry a long time for 25 years, but we're not stale, right? Like we are forward thinking, we are innovative, we are doing some really cool things in partnership with our channel partners. And so we're going to be talking about those things a heck of a lot more in 2022. Awesome. Okay. Sounds like a great plan. What about on the resources front? You're doing a lot more, you know, you talked about the webinars and there's the hymns coming up and there's the virtual events and the video content, and the podcasting, you know, experimentation stuff. And all meanwhile, you're trying to prove out your expertise. Like there is so much that you're doing. Who's on the marketing team now? And are you planning to build the team out more with more resources into this year? Yeah. You know, even as I talk about it, I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Like we have <laughs> yeah. so much to do. So we've spent the last three years building out our marketing team. So over three years, we've tripled the size of the team. So, you know, our company is just over 300 people right now. We have a pretty big marketing team. We're at like 18 people. We've got a one woman show who runs corporate communications. So she's working on, you know, award submissions, getting speaking slots for our executive leadership team, all of our PR, managing our PR agency. She runs all of that. And then we've got a team of product marketers, a team of content marketers. So those are all of our writers and designers and then a performance team. And they're all focused on campaigns, emails, events, webinar execution, and all of the reporting and analysis that comes out of all of that great work. Um, That's my team, the performance team. As a department, we are rocking and rolling. We don't have any plans this year to add additional headcount, but um, we're trying to be fluid and flexible and responsive to what's happening in the market. So if things change, that doesn't mean that we wouldn't add headcount later in the year. But as of right now, we're like, we're good. We've got everyone charged what their, you know, imperatives are for the year. So we're good to go. That's awesome. It's a pretty sizable team too. So, and it's split out across all the teams that you really need, right? So you could still be nimble and cover all your bases. So, and that fact that it's tripled over the last three years, that is awesome. Yeah. It's been really incredible. And honestly, like the way that we've got our team structured now, it's so great because we've got Our product marketers have close relationships with the sales leaders and the product development teams. And then, right, they're structuring out, okay, here's the kind of campaigns that we're going to need to get X product launch at X time. And here's where I'm seeing the content kind of focusing on. And then the content team does their magic. And then my team takes that content and then helps get it out into market, whether that's through events or through webinars, digital campaigns, et cetera. No, that's awesome. Okay. So we've talked about a lot. Anything else that you think would be helpful to share about your plan and kicking off into 2022, full steam ahead, anything that we didn't cover? Yeah. You know, just in general, like kind of advice I would give to people is to identify the top two or three things that you want to focus on from a an objective standpoint. So we use OKRs at IMO, so objectives and key results. For me, for my team, which is, you know, a small part of the entire marketing org, but it's applicable across the department is identifying what processes we can simplify, leaning into automation as much as we can. So getting away from the manual efforts wherever possible and leaning into the technology and what it can do for us and delivering more personalized content. So based on what we know about our audiences and segmentations, 
demographically and what we know about them behaviorally, right? So the content that they're engaging with, how can we deliver more personalized content to them? Those are the three things that I've kind of got people focused on in 2022. What's the tech that you're using? I have to ask, right? Because if you're leaning into automation, what are the like, I don't know how many main tools you're using, but how do you deliver that personalized content? Like, what is it that's helping you do that? So um, Marketo is our marketing automation tool um, and Salesforce is our CRM. So we've got those two working synergistically together. Marketo allows us to do a lot of that personalization overall. And then we're looking at other tools right now that can deliver more personalized web-based content. So right, if I know that Anna's interested in I'm a core because she's visited this page before. I can deliver a personalized page to you the next time you come to imohealth.com that maybe has your name on it or talks about like, you know, looked at IMO core content in the past. You might be interested in these other things. Yeah. Awesome. Any personalization can go really go a long way. Right. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Okay. So now let's talk about you in the little time that we have left. What would you say are some of your goals going into this year? It could be personal, it could be professional, it could be both, whatever you, you'd like to share. Yeah. Trying to navigate and continue to survive COVID. I don't know if I can lean into that one again this year, right? But I've got two little children. And so the school and the daycare closures that are happening right now, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not losing my mind with all of that. So continuing to navigate working from home and parenting through all of this is, of course, just a means of survival, I think. And again, wine helps, right? So (laughs) having that stock there. But I think like, you know, in all seriousness, like I want to get back to vacationing. Like that is something that I just miss. And I feel like having little kids, like we've missed out on opportunities to do that kind of stuff because of the state of the world um, the last few years. So IMO has a very, very generous time off policy. So making sure that I commit to myself to take the time to take the moments to recharge and get a brain break, right? So we can come back and kick some butt. It's going to be important to take those breaks throughout the year because it's going to be a very busy year for us. Totally. And you're not the first person that's been telling me like, get back to vacation. (laughs) Everybody wants to get back to vacation. The problem is when everybody wants to get back to vacation and we all go back to vacation, and we all get sick. (laughs) That's the problem. So, but yeah, I agree with you. And having two small kids is no small feat during the time that we're like working from home and trying to parent like with schools and stuff. So I feel for you. I, I understand as well, having two kids as well in school. And I appreciate you for joining me today and talking more about IMO's 2022 marketing plan. What's going into it? What are your focus areas? and some advice that you have. It was great. Thank you so much. And if anybody wants to reach Christy, she's on LinkedIn, Christy Anns. To find out more about IMO, you can go to imohealth.com. Thank you so much, Christy. Thanks for having me, Anna. Great to see you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Furmanov, or go to my website, firmanovmarketing.com. Thanks for listening.